Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Expedition Cinema Podcast. As always, I'm your host Jeremy, and today we are discussing the newly released Past Lives, starring Greta Lee as Nora and Yu Teo as Sung. I really hope, really, really hope, I did not just butcher the shit out of those names. I am very sorry if I did. Um, this was the directorial debut of Celine Song. It's a 2023 film. Um, after that short review, I'm going to jump into my top five romance movies. This is a genre I really connect with, um, despite not, you know, really, how do I say, despite not really having a, a huge amount of experience in that uh, realm of life. But, um, I, I definitely connect a lot with romantic movies, um, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Whenever uh, you can really feel the chemistry in uh, in a film uh, like that, so let's just get right into it. Uh, past lives, um, pretty uh, simply put, uh, it is uh, just a movie about um, two childhood friends who um, are separated by um, Norris family emigrates from South Korea, immigrates to the United States. Um, actually, is it the United States or is it Canada? No, it's New York. It's New York. Yeah, no, it's the United States. Um, sorry, just, <laughs> just had to second guess myself there for a second. Um, and then, you know, kind of throughout their lives, they're connected every now and again. Um, there is this period where they talk on the phone for a super long time, like Skype, they like reconnect through like Facebook, I think it is. Um, and then eventually they take a step away from each other again and then reconnect when they're like adults, adults, like not like 26 adults, not like 25 year old adults, like 35, like 40 adults. <laughs> um, Nora's married, she's got a husband, a son does not um which honestly makes it all the more heartbreaking but getting into kind of the things i loved about it um i think one of the best things that a film does um and i think i've mentioned this in previous episodes is you know when it assumes that its audience is intelligent that it can pick up on unspoken things and i think that that's kind of what this movie is really all about it's just an encapsulation of all of this unexpressed love of you know relationships lost paths not taken it's it's just so well acted it has such great chemistry from its two leads um and i gotta say that you know (laughs) john mcgarrow also just does a fantastic job as arthur he he really sells me on this totally I don't want to say apathetic because that's not true but he's very passive he is you know I I think that it's a weird position to be put in when your wife finds her like childhood love from when she was growing up in a different country and you know chooses to reconnect with him out of um curiosity I guess it feels like a mix of both curiosity and um this kind of man how do i how do i even say um curiosity and maybe not not pity but 
um, obligation, I think is what I'm looking for. Um, that is a weird thing to experience for sure. I, I spent a lot of this runtime sitting there and thinking to myself, man, how would I react in this situation? Am I not as cool as Arthur? <laughs> like, would I just be so weirded out and a little fe feeling a little betrayed by any kind of interest? Like, it's a it is definitely a movie that makes you feel a lot and not only that it, it makes you consider um the situation and you know really assess what you would do in that situation for me that that question is still unanswered i kind of want to go and watch it again because there's honestly so much that i really just didn't i feel like i didn't get as much as i i really wanted to out of the experience so i might go and see it again <clears throat> what did i like about it um absolutely acting the chemistry like i said is amazing there's subtlety of joy there's subtlety of pain and each line of dialogue has an incredible purpose towards kind of developing this um this weird relationship i it's difficult to really nail down the nature of the relationship because you know it, it's it's definitely something that doesn't come around too often and it's definitely not something that I think, you know, a, a lot of people experience, to be honest, this kind of odd reconnection with someone. And, you know, Nora may not want to admit it, but, you know, she's definitely attracted to Sung. Like, sh there's, there's something there that they, neither of them can really just get rid of completely. And, you know, I think that's what's most compelling about it. Um, everyone plays their roles really really well lost connections remade and rebroken really hit me where i live like that's never happened to me but man i, I i'd be lying if i said i never felt that pain of rejection before that's definitely happened before in my lifetime so it definitely kind of hit when there's this one point where you know they rediscover the each other on facebook and they start you know video calling a bunch like <laughs> like that age-old story where they just fall asleep on facetime you know it's like that 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 new age digital romance kind of thing um and then at one point you know I, I think for the audience it's a little out of the blue uh but for nora you know i think that's something again i like about the subtlety of it it's like if for nora probably she probably was thinking about it for a long time <laughs> But it's that, you know, she says to his son, like, hey, I can't visit you for a long time. and You can't visit me for a long time. So I think we should stop talking because this is getting difficult to stomach every time. Like, they never truly say, hey, I have feelings for you. But you know that that's, that's the underlying <laughs> reason that she asks for that break. She's like, I can't do this anymore. And honestly, more power to her that she was able to summon the strength for that. I, she's better than me. I definitely would have just let myself get hurt forever. But, like, I would not have been able to be like, yeah, we can't talk anymore. Like, man, it's that's a difficult thing to do. Um, <clears throat> it is really interesting how intimately we're bonded with Nora's love life. And, you know, for... Like recently, I feel like I've watched 
a couple films in which there's some odd time jumps um and this film does have these you know it, it spans from their childhood up until their like i mentioned these like fully grown adults at like 35 um <laughs> and it was really interesting to see that you know the time jumps even though they're spanning you know sometimes decades i really don't mind it doesn't really bother me all that much um in fact i kind of enjoyed that it moved the story along at a pace that you know i felt was necessary to keep it interesting necessary to take that next step um it definitely kept me really engaged with the complexity of the relationships because it felt like after every single time jump you know i wasn't scrambling to find the details of what had happened you know i'm just struck with this immediate curiosity of man i wonder what's changed you know how is the dynamic now have they reconnected at all you know it's I think pacing it based on their interactions made it so, so much more interesting. Um, <clears throat> something I really found uh, as a secondary really interesting was also this kind of story of assimilation. Uh, Nora says during the film, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm Korean, but Sung is Korean, Korean. Like he's not, he's not Korean American. He's Korean, Korean. Um, so I thought that, you know, that kind of, like, she says that towards the back half of the film, and I really hadn't even thought of that <laughs> until she said it. Um, but, you know, she I thought that it kind of just brought this whole underlying story of assimilation, and, you know, it, I think it kind of assists in developing this notion of the duality of life paths, you know, you can choose one of two things, and these are the two things that they had kind of chosen to zero in on was, you know, a childhood love and uh, having that linked with leaving a native land or staying in it. You know, it, it, it definitely didn't dig in too much towards those things, but still, it was, it was really interesting to see what they did with it. Um, please make time to go see this movie. It is such a good film. I, I really, really like this movie a lot. Um, gets into the freedom of choice, gets into thoughts of stifled feelings. Like, um, there are so many times in the movie where I just, I sat there and not cringed, cringe is the wrong word. Um, just, well, I mean, cringed, but not in a negative connotation, like just, clenched every being of my soul because I was so I was so like feeling the the tension I was tense that's the word I was just so tense during this movie um at times it's not like the stakes are really high or anything it just man it, it makes you feel quite a lot and honestly if a romance movie needs to do anything it's that for sure um I ended up giving this movie a 9.6 out of 10 I thought this movie was so, so fantastic. It's an easy five stars for me. I, I really, really like it a lot. Definitely please try and make sure you go and see this movie. Um, and while you're watching, definitely try and think about, you know, how would you feel if you were inserted into any of these characters' shoes? If I was her husband that she had met in America, I don't know if I'd be, like, super cool with Sung just, like, showing up. I'd be like, what uh what you doing here man 
what's up? <laughs> Are you trying to move in? Like, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> and at the same time, I think about what if I was in Aesung's, you know, shoes? Is this my last opportunity to make something happen? You know, that that's what most is most interesting to me is the contrast between those two uh, points of view. Uh, it's hard for me to put myself in Nora's position, but, um, you know, that's really just because I kept assuming that her position was inherently female when it's not. Um, you know, if I were in Nora's position, man, I think I would just shut down from the, <laughs> the volume of options, even though there are only two. <laughs> I think I would really just give up pretty quick. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, this year, right now, it's ranked number two in my ranking. It's, it's just sitting behind uh, Across the Spider-Verse. Um, but that said, it got the same score. So honestly, this could easily take number one for the year for me. I saw the trailer, and as soon as I saw the trailer, there's this one shot of you know their kids in Seoul, and they're you know walking along two different paths, and then they get into moving on and going in different paths, you know, in the rest of the trailer. I'm like, yeah, this is probably going to be one of my favorites of the year. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt at all. Um, but yeah, please go make time to go see this movie. It's so good. Um, I hope it hits streaming uh, at some point soon because I don't think it's doing super, super well at the box office. I'm actually kind of curious. I'm going to look it up really quickly to see what it's doing at the box office oh okay well that's not great it's made 8.4 million dollars that is not a lot um granted i also don't know what the budget was for it i am kind of curious to see what the budget is for this film but i don't think they have that anywhere here um yeah i'm not really sure um anyway Moving on to the second half of the episode. This is the part that I'm very, very excited about. Uh, it's ranking my top five romance movies. Now listen, do I have five romance movies ranked from five to one? Yes. Yes, I do. But listen, there's just so many. There's just so many. I made an honorable mention list. Is the honorable mention list for additional movies? Yes. Yes, it is. Of course it is. I, I couldn't decide, okay? It, it's so difficult for me to narrow down this category because, you know, a, a lot of these films even, you know, <sighs> actually all of them, all the films in the uh, honorable mention category, all four of them, I, I do think that there's, you know, romance is the core element of it, but I do think that there is this additional element that draws some of the focus away like a tiny tiny bit um but that said you know I, all of these movies are four and a half or five stars for me like they are they are just great 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 movies and i love them um first up for honorable mention is the shape of water by guillermo del toro it came out in 2017 um i gave this movie a 9.6 out of 10 i just think it's a beautiful film about love acceptance um, it kind of delves into these ideas of differences in culture, identity, you know, all the while telling this story that just it leaves you with the biggest of smiles. Like when they finally unite in the water at the end, I'm just sitting there like grinning, like got my feet swinging in the theater. Like I'm just, I'm so happy to see it. Like I'm, it's just so, so great. And I, I love underdog characters. They're always the best developed ones. They're always the ones, you know, 
underdog. You always root for him the most. Um, but yeah, I, I just I <laughs> the performances are just so good from all the characters, villains included. Like just raw, powerful, and it's an interesting sci-fi story as well. Um, it's really captivating. It's got magic in it, um, and it kind of gives like a spy like secret government facility vibe too which is oddly enticing like i i really love this common thread in movies romantic movies that you know being loved is really just being seen for who you are and i think this film is a does a really good job of uh, addressing that theme next up on the honorable mention is 10 things i hate about you 10 Things I Hate About You stars Julia Stiles, Heath Ledger. It was directed by Gil Unger. Younger? Younger? I'm so sorry, Gil. I, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. But that said, it hardly matters because this movie is feckin' excellent. <laughs> I just love it so, so, so much. Um, you know, is it does it kind of fall into this realm of teen drama like yeah it does and you know production quality isn't like the most amazing of all time but it doesn't need it to be honest it has an inherent magnetism about it it tells such a great story of you know refusal to love like enemies to lovers i love that trope <laughs> so 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 much um but yeah, it is just so magnetic. It's just, I, I've seen so many clips about it and I finally got around to watching it like this past year, you know, for the first time in a really long time. And man, it was so good. I could rewatch this movie like twice a week. It's just so effortlessly fun. Um, and you know, it's so effortlessly loving too. It, it, it really it just hits on all cylinders it really does i ended up giving this movie a 9.2 out of 10 really that point eight can just be summed up by the kind of amateurish qualities of the film but that said man it, it's just heath ledger and julia styles they just they, they put on a whole clinic in this movie they, they really just go crazy with how good their characters are uh, next up for honorable mention is la la land now la la land it's a love story it is like yeah cheers you know applause really upset that it didn't win best picture got kind of uh faked out i guess i don't even know how to say like that's i don't think i've ever I, i'm sure that's happened maybe i don't even know honestly but anyway it, it doesn't matter um i do think this film is an absolute masterpiece i love it the cinematic elements of it are incredible performances blow your mind you know the musical numbers are really really great justin hurwitz and damien chazelle are a lethal duo lethal um as are ryan gosling and emma stone you know i think that they really attached me to this notion of chasing dream and true love and you know although we get the best of both worlds for like a tiny bit eventually you have to choose one or the other and i think that's the part that really kind of gets me is i think the film is more about choosing a vocation choosing artistry over choosing love um but in that way i don't think it's left mutually exclusive 
like you can find love and chase your dream but you know just know that at some point those two may be mutually exclusive um it's it's really just it's so easy to stay enthralled with this movie stay invested with this movie it's beautiful to look at it's so so enjoyable and it's weirdly funny like at random times and it absolutely kills you at the very end and hey if a romantic movie doesn't do that to you it really didn't do nothing to you but yeah la la land definitely one of the honorable mentions really close to making that top five not gonna lie but i do feel like the top five talk a lot more about love my last honorable mention is atonement now this movie (laughs) this movie dude this movie i think well okay i don't think this movie more than any other destroyed me uh, on the list but man this movie did destroy me like so so hard like it fucked me up i rewatched it like i don't know a day after i'd watched it the first time and it just erect me again it's just presented incredibly well the fluidity of perspective is so interesting it feels unique kira knightley and james mcavoy are just so in their element right now with this movie like it's so crazy how good they are in this movie um and this chemistry that they have like oh man i used to have this outdated notion that like if i don't like how people are interacting it's not chemistry yeah that doesn't that that means nothing (laughs) that means nothing after this film like like this is this wasn't the film where i realized that but i'm just saying that this film solidified that notion that's like dude i can be heartbroken and still know that this is such good chemistry that it's so amazing um but i'm getting i'm getting a little into it sorry um it was a lot uh i don't know if it's uh explicit steamy it was very steamy like much more than i thought it was gonna be um but i think above all what i value about this movie is the tension of it the tension and the storytelling of it because you know i really just i didn't see the twist coming you know spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched an atonement that came out in 2007 directed by joe wright don't know how you missed it i did <laughs> past me don't know how you missed it shout out to claudia for showing me it because it it destroyed me and that's exactly what i want out of a romance film i want it to fucking wreck me and damn it did it <laughs> um yeah it, it really just the way that they present the story for no amount of time do you think all right it's fake in a fucking way like they're not they're not actually together they don't actually figure it out because that's what you want as an audience member you want to look at a film and say all right this is the way it's gonna go fantastic i feel so much better like no but gotcha (laughs) psych (laughs) what a joke gotcha get get wrecked dude (laughs) fucking hell man um yeah it it just this and that kind of leads me into Saoirse Ronan's character I don't think I find any redemption there making this random story like fabricating it to make money for yourself under the guise of telling their story 
how about fuck off? How about you ruined it in the first place and in no way does this pay back for the, you know, you destroyed these people's lives and in no way does that make up for anything, you telling this story. Like, I don't know. I don't think I find any redemption in her character's arc that, you know, the story's over and we've been, it's been revealed that it's, you know, it's a, it's a fake, like it's a MacGuffin, it's not real. And then she's like, oh, well, I, I told their story to pay homage to them, give them the life that I thought they deserved. Like, oh, so you're still manipulative and crazy, like being a little puppeteer with people. Oh, okay. Is that a flex? I don't really understand. But regardless, whatever. That's, I, I didn't mean to go into a Bryony like that. I'm just saying that a character just kind of it just she just pissed me off honestly like she just pissed me off that was the only thing and yeah i get it she she thought that you know he really was a deviant of some kind but also who you think you are like (laughs) like ran out somebody on like you have no idea who that man was and you're like you know what i've been kind of suspicious of him let me just say him get him out of here are you crazy are you an insane person you gotta be that's crazy man that is so fucked up um but yeah destroyed me absolutely destroyed me sorry i got stuck on atonement for a second there i don't know how long that was but it's long enough all right getting into the top five number five for me is in the mood for love came out in 2000 wow i really almost said 2007 it came out in 2000 period 2000 uh, directed by Wong Kar Wai, it is such a good film about tense and forbidden attraction. Um, I really don't think there's a single bad shot in this movie. Every every single shot has purpose, and you know, same goes for the interactions, the chemistry, the acting. You know, Tony Long and um, oh, I can't remember her name. Let me see if I can pull her name up really quick. Maggie Chen? Maggie Chen? Ching? I'm guessing at this point. I, I don't know. Maggie. Let's say Maggie. She was incredible in this movie. Both of them were incredible in this movie. Every glance, every word, gesture, it just so purposeful to convey this longing and loving feeling, this stifled love this buildup of emotion that just is looking for any avenue to release and you know even though the premise is simple i leave the movie just with (laughs) swirling thoughts of morality and basic needs on you know a human level of what does someone need to feel loved and this moral question of how far should you go to obtain that love um i like i said tension is the main reason this hits number five for me i think this might be the most if not second most tense film on the list um songs and the scores that kind of uh fill in the blank spaces of the idle moments these kind of quiet tense moments they just accentuate that feeling um and it's just so entrancing. Wong Kar Wai is such a talented filmmaker. 
I'll honestly watch any and everything he creates. He's he's just so so good. Moving on, let's hit number four on the list. Number four for me um, is When Harry Met Sally. This came out in 1989. It stars Billy Crystal as Harry, Meg Ryan as Sally, it stars Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby as their respective best friends. Um, actually, swap that. Bruno Kirby and Carrie Fisher as their respective best friends uh, and it was directed by Rob Reiner so the thing about this film that I really love is the longevity of it and I think that kind of ties a lot back into past lives and why I enjoyed that so much um, actually you know it ties into La La Land times into ties into atonement like it's just this longing lifelong journey to get love is just a compelling way to tell a story to me um i think it really focuses intently on its dialogue though and that's what i like about it it's really tongue-in-cheek with its dialogue it analyzes male female relationships so expertly it definitely feels like what every rom-com was kind of hoping to be towards the end i think this was a really good blend of you know sparing comedy and serious romance and i think that you know it's it's difficult to you know look at the film and say you know this really doesn't feel realistic because they stay in touch so long like they wouldn't run into each other it's like okay just shut up bro like i enjoy it no fuck's sake <laughs> god damn like someone actually said that to me that's why i'm i'm so you know annoyed about it but um it really just every time they run into each other you know there's just this effortless magnetism they have towards each other and there's really nothing to explain it other than the obvious affection they have for each other that takes them so long to admit you know i i think that it's a great lens into the love that's kind of built into long-standing relationships long-standing friendships even and kind of the spark that relationships need to be kind of really great and long lasting um i really like that the the film treats the characters as independent thinkers it doesn't say all right it's time for this character to do this like no it actually takes a long time there are hints of it all the way throughout and whenever they eventually hook up it doesn't work immediately and i love that little that little subversion of your expectation then all right finally harry met sally and finally they've gotten together like 10 12 15 years later i don't exactly remember how much longer or how you know how much time has passed but oh my god immediately they're like yeah no this sucks <laughs> like, oh my god dude like how did what the hell <laughs> why, why are you gonna do that but I love it, you know, I, I love that it subverts your expectations there and doesn't do exactly what you expected them to do. You know, I think that makes it really, really special. I think by the end of the film, it it feels so earned. It helps kind of connect the way that they're interjecting these little interviews of old couples. It kind of connects all that stuff together, all of these meeting stories and, you know, um, connects this notion of love and long-standing relationships. I just really love When Harry Met Sally. It is a really rewatchable film. I, I would recommend anyone that hasn't seen it to go and see it, please. Um, 
it's so 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 good <laughs> oh i forgot i didn't give scores i don't think a lot of land got 9.7 atonement got 9.5 in the mood for love got 9.2 or sorry 9.0 and then uh when harry met sally got a 9.2 or 8.9 sorry okay moving on number three number three for me is pride and prejudice came out in 2005 stars matthew mcfaden and Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley just in her bag with director Joe Wright. So, so, so good. Every single time. And I I am I am bewitched. I am bewitched, man. <laughs> the hand flex. The hand flex. It's so good. Um, they really deliver, Knightley and McFadden, they deliver some of the most engrossing romantic moments in you know, modern cinema, really. I think Joe Wright and Kira Knightley, this duo is just unfreaking beatable. Um, I truly hope he just gives us endless content, honestly. Um, and this was, I, I had watched this, you know, rewatched it, but I didn't really remember the first time I'd watched it. I watched it again uh, this year in May. And oh my god the context of knowing that this is tom wamsgams and like and now he's mr darcy was weird and cool it was an interesting lens to see him through it's just so odd to see him so standoffish and oddly powerful it was so it subverted every instinct my, my brain had when trying to think of matthew mcvaden it really did um anyway get back, getting back to the movie um i think the cast of characters around the darcy's relationship are just so perfect they are built to support um but they are just there's so much more than just set dressing that most directors i think would use them as they have their own stories they are fostered well and they get a decent amount of individual attention you know mr darcy and elizabeth are not the only people in this film that are falling in love and it the movie makes a huge point in underlining that um i i really think that every use of lighting angles chosen editing together scenes the time skips made for such an enamoring experience it really felt kind of rare for like an english period piece for it to be this engaging like usually those films i'm like dozing off a little bit <laughs> but you know it, it really made such an effort to keep me interested keep me engaged um there's tons of questions of identity here and you know as it relates to marriage estate planning you know what what really you know does um someone in this you know time period have to do to be successful a man and a woman um <clears throat> And uh, even though I do think Little Women does a, does a little bit better um, as far as, you know, conceptually questioning what marriage means in this time period, I think it's hard not to just love these little moments of doubt, difficult in securing the future, the, the tension that comes along with that, both familial and romantic. Um, yeah, it just, oh my god, I can't stop thinking of the their hand flex man like the, the starved for holding a hand and then you help her into a carriage and you're like yeah. <laughs> just mr darcy please bro please relax like fuck's sake dude you're, you're crazy so so crazy how how good 
the emotional nuances in this movie um and golly it's just it's so much done for a character with one action and it's a hand flex and I, i really can't say anything more than that it is a fantastic film it i went in thinking it was going to be slightly boring and it was everything but please go watch it i gave that movie a 9.5 out of 10 they just put it on netflix at the time of this recording please go watch it it's so good i'm gonna rewatch it tonight i guarantee it i i've said it now so it's it's gonna happen matthew mcfaden cannot keep me away i'm sorry um okay moving on we <laughs> got two more left to do we're running a little long i want to get done before 40 minutes it is just me so don't want to keep you for too long um before sunrise is my number two um for all the reasons that it should be number two it is such a beautiful deconstruction of love attraction relationships and although i think that the series loses a tiny bit of focus as it progresses um you know, in the in the trilogy that they they develop over a bunch of years. By the way, Richard Linklater, what like he takes he takes like a decade to make a really good film, and like I'm not complaining, I'm just saying like oh my god, like bro literally takes forever to make you know his movies emotionally poignant, and you know while again that's not negative, damn. The amount of time, like, this came out in 1995, the conclusion of this trilogy came out in 2013. Like, are you, are you serious, dude? Like, that's like almost 20 years later. Like, what are you doing? Anyway, let me, let me not get off track again. (laughs) Actually, wait. Now that, wait, hang on. I'm doing some quick maths in my head. No, that is almost 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's not embarrassing. Um, (laughs) um, but yeah, it's just perfect every last little interaction every little line um this this introspective look into the nature of relationships it's just how it can you know this is i think such a good example of how a film doesn't need huge set pieces and you know cgi you know different compelling storylines to really be a good film this movie operates incredibly well just off of the script and you know finding the actors that can deliver it incredibly well i think that julie delpy and you know ethan hawk are just perfect in this movie there's not a single line that's misdelivered that they help me feel tension all the way through and i'm enveloped into the love like i really am like they just the premise too is just so (laughs) it makes people kind of just yearn after it i mean after i watch this movie i'm like put me on a train to vienna i'll write it 10 times and i'll find someone i swear to god i will (laughs) like it's just it's just such a great film that kind of leaves you wanting to take that trip kind of have a euphoric experience like it um makes me want to ask all the same questions to the people that i know and to the people that i don't you know the movie focuses so much on personality and history of character and it really only gives momentary releases of physicality and you know like i said it feels incredibly unique in that it's just the two of them walking around vienna and the script does the rest the script and they do the rest than anything else it's just incredible how simple how simplistic you know it is and 
how far the simplicity took them. Um, I gave it a 9.7 out of 10. Poifect. So, so, so good. And finally, my number one pick is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. This movie is... It is. <laughs> just, it's just beauty in its just most pure form. It is such a great viewing experience every time I watch it. There's so much subtlety to messaging in the way that they move, the way that they position themselves. It's, it accentuates emotion underlying each scene. Every single line contributes to this movie's success and just attaching me to the narrative of each character individually, as a pair, as a group. And, you know, I think that even on the first watch, you know that tragedy is coming because that's the premise of it, that it is uh, an, an artist, a painter, going to paint a wedding portrait for a woman who she falls in love with and who falls in love with her. But, so, you know, you know that tragedy is going to come, but there's just this effortless peace and tranquility that comes along with the company that they give each other. And you sit there thinking, like, man, what if this moment just lasted forever? <laughs> it's just... And that just kind of further breaks your heart when eventually she leaves. She leaves, she gets married, the artist leaves, she goes back to her craft, she goes back to her work. Um, it's just the subtext and tension in every single scene is incredible. And we, we are actively looking for the words left unsaid all the way through to the very end. And, you know, I could likely watch it once a week for the rest of my life and relive the love again, again, and again, and again. I, I cannot, <laughs> I, I cannot pick a quote that's my favorite, honestly. You know, it's just so, so, so special. You know, I also felt your absence. Do all lovers feel like they're inventing something? You know, if you look at me, who do I look at? Like, it's just so effortlessly beautiful. And, you know, it is going to stay my favorite probably for a very, very long time. Um, I gave it a 9.8 out of 10. Just such a good film. I think the only thing for me that doesn't land all that well doesn't have anything to do with the romance so to be honest i'm not even going to mention it i don't even care to mention it um it's incredible please watch this film it's on hulu it is so 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 good it's in french yes get over it put on the subtitles and watch one of the greatest love stories i've ever seen in my entire life please i beg of you but uh, all right guys i think that's gonna wrap up this week's episode um just as a recap top five romance movies honorable mention Got The Shape of Water, 10 Things I Hate About You, La La Land, and Atonement. Number five was In the Mood for Love. Number four was When Harry Met Sally. Number three was Pride and Prejudice. Number two was Before Sunrise. And number one was Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, as always, guys, thank you for tuning in uh, to listen on Spotify. Make sure to leave a review and a star rating. really helps to get the podcast out there. I'll keep saying it, and I'm going to keep saying it. Um, please leave a review. It really helps out. Um, please remember, oh, also, episodes are going to be 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time instead of 9 p.m. previously. 
um, that's just really going to work better with my schedule. Honestly, it's going to guarantee you guys get an episode each week, and it's going to guarantee that I get on here once a week. Um, but anyway, you can find me on Letterboxd and Twitter. That's definitely where I'm most active. I de- <laughs> every single time I watch a movie, um, of which there is an astonishing amount of times, I post about it on Twitter, uh, and I constantly have reviews hitting Letterboxd, so please check me out on there. Uh, it's all in the link tree that I have in all of my bios. Um, and I'll see you next week. I actually know what's coming next week. Next week is going to be another edition of Filmic Franchises uh, with my friend Spencer. Uh, they'll be on to talk about the Hunger Games franchise. So we will see you then. See you next week. Mm-hmm.